You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about Nick Drake, Brighter Later. In the room, I have full crew, Adam, Rob, hey, Ben, hey. John, Hi. and Grady. Hey. Brighter Later is the second album by British folk musician Nick Drake, recorded in 1970 and released on March 6, 1971 on Island Records. The producer was Joe Boyd, and the genre is folk. And I'm going to read from the book, Mark Bennett. Lying at the emotional midmate midway point between his wistful debut five leaves left and the broken despondent pink moon brighter later found nick drake in fine form something that his bleak myth now overshadows this was just his second album nothing more bruised by the indifference that met five leaves left he simply tried again on five leaves left it was primarily drake's guitar or robert kirby's orchestrations in the foreground now it was the core of the fairport convention reprising his role on the first album Richard Thompson roped in bassist David Pegg and drummer Dom Mackey's, while John Cale provided both piano and Celeste. Even a saxophone appears on at the chime of the city clock, while his hushed vocals were a constant factor in all of his albums. This was the closest Drake came to being a rock band. Brighter Later documents a time when Drake was disappointed, but not yet disheartened by his lack of success. It is an ideal introduction to his music. All right, what do we think of Brighter Later? Rob, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I thought it was good. I, I liked it. This yeah. first Bell and Sebastian album. album is, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. absolutely heard that, especially well, Hazy Jane 2. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, like Bell and Sebastian, you mentioned the other day, Shins. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you, see, well, you, can, you can see so much influence from this. The song and, on this is was used in uh, Garden State along with I that, thought one, I remembered. that one Shin song. Uh, was it one of the things? And I, re- I think first. I remember Fly. Being on maybe one yeah. of the Wes Anderson. Yeah, there's got to be uh, Wes Anderson. Yeah. yeah, but is this album? I mean, they mentioned it in the in the notes there. Is this a folk album? I don't. I don't. That's think what so. I was trying to determine the genre because it said folk, and I was like, actually, it's I mean, more like a pink, pop. Pink pop. Moon's a folk album. Yeah, but this is, yeah, this not, is not with the Mackie band. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was a little strange that they they went there just because he's a folk artist or something. Sure, I mean, one. when Dylan. Goes electric or something. It's it gets more into yeah, the rock stuff. You're not calling that f- straight up folk music anymore. Yeah, um, it's a minor quibble. Just yeah. yeah, I, was, I would say Dylan sold out when he went electric. Oh, just like Nick Drake has sold out. Argument. You're that guy. <laughs> no, of course not. Um, no, I, I musicianship's fine. Uh, 
lyrically, I find it lacking, and I don't like his voice. <laughs> you know, I, what, what do you like? <laughs> I, I, would, I thought what that you... the the voice was a little strange with the backing band because he has such that wistful, melancholy voice, and then you hear these like upbeat tempos, yeah. and there's yeah. like a horn in there, and you're like, huh? I mean, like, I think his songwriting shines through the production because this was obviously a slicker pop sort of venture for him um but i, I love his voice and I, I guess that would be a de de deciding factor in whether or not you it's the like, getty lee factor uh, music the, you like it or you don't i mean i'm not crazy about getty know about lee's voice but i like rush i so no, i've always been this isn't rush forth. playing in the background you <laughs> brought it up i was responding to your poor analogy yes your honor <laughs> yeah, yeah nick, nick drake's voice is not as uh, divisive as Getty Lee's. I mean, it's, it's not as aggressive. It's a, it's an interesting style. It's soft, but it's pleasant. It's like but a, it's not. It doesn't have any like weird, you know, nasal notes or too many no, strange inflections on words. I mean, but it is. I, but it is a style. Yeah, it's, it's simply say that. Yeah. it's a style of singing that I, it 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 doesn't tickle my ears, fellas. Sure. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll yeah. say I listened to this record. I mean, I, I've heard this record a million times, and I've always been back and forth on Nick Drake because. Like I can't tell if it's just like too too twee or too, I and then sometimes I'm listening to it like when I was listening for this podcast I was sitting by a campfire. That's the time to listen to some Nick Drake. I really enjoyed it that time. Yeah, because uh, it's sort of just pleasantly you know popping along in the background. I, I'll say I do like the production a lot on this record. I like the arrangements, and I, I think it's interesting when the saxophone comes in, the big string arrangements. Yeah, I thought Robert um, Kirby did a really good job with that. There was a lot of flute, too. I yeah, the, I know that you... But it didn't bug me. Okay. <laughs> I don't, well, same with... Yeah, same with me. Go ahead. I, I noted the tootie, the flutie toots. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on Brighter Later and uh, Sunday, definitely had some flutie toots. The flutie toots that they laid out, like, Robert Kirby did a good job with them. I mean, mm. they... F it's kind of... It's kind of a sound of the season, you know, like that yeah. late 60s, it early 70s. Yeah, yeah right. you're like, okay, now let's put in the flutie toots. Let's Jethro tull this shit up. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it fit. Like, I wasn't, I was not mad at these as I was at, like, jazz flute when it's just, like, shrill <laughs> yeah. blasting. Why the fuck are you doing this to me? I'm rarely as mad as when <laughs> I am at jazz flute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's your DEFCON 1. Like, I'm at jazz flute right now. <laughs> this is oh, horrible. <laughs> We've been talking about the production. Uh, I read that they they were intentionally going for, like, a pet soundsy type vibe. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh... Yeah, the, uh, he's backed by he's backed by members of the Fairport Convention and John Cale on this. I yeah. didn't realize either of those. Like I, I listened to this album. I didn't know so that. Much yeah, yeah. Well. yeah. John Cale, I, I guess, was recording with Nico, same studio, mm -hmm. uh, and he was interested in what Nick Drake was doing, and they kind of connected that way. And also, I learned what a, a Celeste is. Mm -hmm. it, oh yeah, yeah. The it's sort of like a piano, but an organ and and. A certain way. I, I don't it's like know a, how they just. It's like a keyboard it. bell instrument. Yeah, it's yeah. like high and chimey. Yeah. yeah. I just I think his songwriting, his ear for melody, um, in his vocal lines is it. It just transcends whatever. I mean, I, I like a lot of the arrangements. The certainly the flute and some of the more sort of sweeping sentimental strings all date it, but it, they're not bad either. Some things that oftentimes I'll hear and it immediately like turn me off. It doesn't do that. 
uh, here because I think probably the songwriting is just so strong. I think the thing about the songwriting is that he's not just doing like the verse chorus thing as apparently as a lot of songs because he plays with melody and because his melodies are kind of sing-songy. They're really windy. And windy. And they change every time. It's more like, through composed. Right. Like Van Morrison. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, there's a little that stream of consciousness that yeah. kind of sleek. So, I mean, Rob, I think, said that he didn't really like the lyricism and did you say that you did or didn't? It just doesn't. It just doesn't grab you? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. they're... they're this song is more straightforward. Like, Hazy Jane yeah. 2 and 1. 2 comes out first and then 1 is uh, 2 songs later. I felt like the lyricism between those two is a little disjointed. Like, in Hazy Jane 2, and I don't know, I didn't read the lyrics, I just wrote down what I thought the lyrics were. <laughs> so, in Hazy Jane 2, it's like, like it's like, the weasel bites you so sharp when you're not looking. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, I mean, that's kind of what weasels do, I guess. <laughs> but like, that's when he would bite you. Yeah, so like, I was like, D but what is he trying to say with the weasel bites you so sharp when you're not looking? It was a nature documentary. And then in Hazy Jane 1, he writes, do you feel like a remnant of something that's past? Like, okay, that, that I get, like... That, that has a little bit more stick to than the weasel bites, but, you know, I, I just don't know where he was going. I think Do you think he's talking about Polly Shore, <laughs> the weasel? Oh, like he Nostradamus Polly Shore? <laughs> I, think I mean, I would appreciate that. Because like, yeah. of all the songs on the album, I think Hazy Jane 2 is the most sort of stream of conscious-y. Like, it just kind of like, it, what did you, did you find the lyric? Is it the weasel bites you so sharp? In the forest, the weasel... With teeth that bite so sharp, yeah. Huh. When you're not looking, or when yep. you're not looking yep. in, the, in the, evening. the evening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Prime weasel. Prime weasel time. <laughs> Side note: I would write a write a folk song uh, called "The Weasel and the Juice," <laughs> <laughs> or like a uh, like a parable. That's, like a, that's my favorite Aesop's Yeah, we'll have Pink Moon. There's only three, right? There's only three. Man, you can do that in a thousand. Impressive. That's really impressive. Yeah, I think so, too. But that's how this book is, is that when they decide that they like something, they just load it up. He also burned out rather than faded away. Yeah. Like, there's not every Van Morrison album in this book because he lived through the 80s. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. It's just, yeah. This album, I enjoy listening to it. It does just kind of start to fade into one long, pretty song for mm -hmm. me, though. Agreed. Like, I'll, I'll be listening to it and enjoying it, and I'll look up and I'm like, oh, I totally missed a song and a half there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. It's all got that same, I mean, borrow a word from that, that sort of hazy... It's up. vibe music. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, I think that ultimately, like, I think there are a lot of strengths and unique qualities to it. 
I've heard this record many times in, in the tour van over the years uh, from various people putting it on. It's like kind of like early morning drive music. Mm. And yet, one week from now, I won't be able to sing you the melody of any of his songs, just like this. it happens every time. I've, I've heard this yeah. record probably 50 times. I can't remember these songs. Like, it's it's a cool melody. It's like, for, this, these Hazy Jane songs are probably the most memorable. Uh, it's a good sound. It's just... It's very samey. So for me, it's his career is one song. It's like one it's pleasant the, song. The Nick Drake but I, sound. But yeah. I see the I, I, I see I... the difference between the first album. Maybe because I've just I latched onto the album first. Mm. Like Five Leaves Left. I I could I could sing you you know some melodies from mm. that. And it's a very intimate album where I feel like at least each album has a distinct voice. Yeah. So the first one is like very intimate within, it has mm-hmm. orchestrations, but it's it feels much more like he is his own, like singer-songwriter, and this one is more uh, expanded into the band. sort of band or pop or well, and, and elements. Then, thir- then the third one's just him and guitar. Which is yeah. interesting because yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I agree in part, I think there are some standouts melodically, um, uh, one of these things first, and uh, is it fly? Fly. Is that the give me the second face, uh, please? That that one is second? like that's yeah, what, that's, that's like a pop. one of the Wes Anderson yeah. sort of ones. Um, mm-hmm. Those those stand out a bit more, but I think overall it's the orchestration that makes it that sort of samey. Even like on Pink Moon, where it's mostly just him and guitar, maybe a piano on one or two tracks. Each of those songs has a fingerprint that I feel is it's his voice too, though, and his choice in melody. He doesn't diverge from... His uh, range is fairly limited. It's one octave. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sure. it is, I think he makes good use of that one He's a very limited octave. singer. Like, I think he's got a great character to his voice. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't like it, it's, it's memorable. Mm-hmm. His voice has personality yeah. and character. It, um, he doesn't do much with it, it's, and he doesn't change... He doesn't explore much. Um, it's stable. It's it's solid. It's yeah. a vehicle for I, I think. I think it's probably why thing. we're still listening to him. Is that he didn't like? It's like he kind of just distilled right away out of the gate. He just knew what his thing was. Yeah. Put out three records in and out, and like it's it's just kind of like that's why we're talking about it because it's so easy to say. Oh, that's Nick Drake. Was it, how did he die? Was it Barbiturates or something? Yeah. yeah. That and, that and a Volkswagen commercial from the late 90s. Are, are what <laughs> that's talking about that's why I know about <laughs> that's why Pink Moon. Yeah. Is that what the Cabrio convertible yep. commercial to yeah. drive in the night? And yep. I went out and found it. Same. And I've fucking loved it ever since. Um, yeah. I yeah, think fucking I, rubes. But I think it's still <laughs> <laughs> Nick Drake. I didn't yeah, buy a Volkswagen commercial. I didn't buy a Volkswagen. <laughs> I bought the album. <laughs> Jesus I, Christ. I, I feel that. <laughs> I think, I think it's interesting, end. though, <laughs> when you think about that, because that meant that someone was willing to, someone was hip enough or cool enough to be like, I want this song within, you know, for a commercial or something. But at the same time, it's kind of like, uh, makes yeah, it makes sense. Well, last well, Nick, Nick Drake is a vibe, and that vibe is that campfire. A, that was yeah. perfect it marketing. Is, it is a commercial for a, a convertible driving in the country got, at night. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah. just made those connections. Yeah. Yeah. That's, none I, of us is out living on a commune growing their own food. So <laughs> not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also not buying iPods and uh, yeah. Feist recordings no, because it was on fucking TV. We were buying the album of the song that we heard not any of the product they were advertising yeah i think i think a great music supervisor somebody who like pulls such something out stir, can do such a great job with uh reintroducing artists and I, frankly 
as, as somebody who would love for that to happen when I'm old and poor. <laughs> like, uh, You're banking on it, buddy. I'm just saying, don't, like... Don't die I, so you can actually... I think it's really... Cool. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, the state, or who knows. But, like, the family... I mean, the, the idea that you could uh, be brought back later in, in your life, or even at, posthumously, and have people just listening to your stuff again, I mean, that's that's one person's idea that... Yeah. That got you to buy that record, basically, yeah. and probably inspired a lot of bands. Once yeah, those sure. re- re- the timing came is out. right, and some of those people may have gone to write uh, anthology books on albums that you must listen to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you <know? Nice. laughs> and the right age, uh, time is a flat circle. That's oh. True. oh boy! So the things that I liked about this album were the things that were layered on top, because this yeah. is this is his commercial album. He's trying to make uh, some sales because the first album didn't go anywhere. So they layered on uh, Robert Kirby doing string arrangements. They had John Cale. Uh, and they also had on, I think, only one song, uh, backing vocals on Poor Boy. And the backing vocals on that are Pat Arnold, who later sang the backing vocals on Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. Uh. And Doris Troy, who had that hit with uh, Just One Look, you know, Just One Look. Yeah. That one. And just in case you were wondering which one it was, it was that one. Um, and that's, you know, those are the only facts I've got. Otherwise, they've got yeah. some flutie toots thrown through here. And, uh, you know, listen to it if you like it or yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was interesting when you brought up that this is his commercial kind of album because we just did... Moondance. Uh, Moondance. Yeah, Moondance. I was just about and, to ask. And that is literally what Van Morrison was saying. He was like... Gotta make some money. After I gotta make after, after Times weeks. are tough for the <laughs> yeah. enigmatic folk singer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so there must have been something about it wasn't hitting correctly, and then Van Morrison it. Or that there he was figured an opportunity. Out that he, he, he figured it out. Code. Yeah. But, but I feel like <laughs> Did Nick, Nick Drake. Drake. Yeah, what was the commercial success of Drake at this album? With, with this album? Like show? 27 Nothing. hits on the Hot 100 right now. Not right. Yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call me on my cell phone. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, there was, it wasn't received well. I mean, it, <laughs> it wasn't a complete, like, like nothing sold, but it was just like so, a dis- disappointment. So his following was pretty underground. Yeah. It, it was, didn't happen until, until, it didn't happen until late 80s, yep. early 90s. Yeah. Yep. I could have been a sailor. A real life lover could have been a book. I could have been a signpost, could have been a clock. As simple as a cattle, steady as a rock. Could be here and now. I would be, I should be, but I how? I could have been but one of these things first. I could have been. texting back and forth the other day uh, uh, about uh, the song Northern Sky and the uh, what was it? Uh, Dream uh, Academy. Dream Academy, Life, Life in a Northern, Northern Town. Town. I, I followed, I went down a Wikipedia hole where apparently Northern Sky 
directly influenced the writing of the hit song Life in a Northern Town by 80s band Dream Academy. Great song. And they were talking about how that kind of brought and and like in like interviews with the bands and stuff like when that song was a hit they would they would name drop Nick Drake about how hmm. like that was the inspiration for the song and that got a whole like 80s college rock generation of people digging up these albums and then you know in the 90s we had Volkswagen. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that, but they were—I mean—they were like a British Isles band, right? I think Dream Academy. So. Um, I don't remember if they're British or Irish. I believe they're from a northern town. <laughs> so maybe Northern Irish. Um, but outside of those circles, he—he he was less well received or less less known. I guess is what I'm. All right. What's yeah. the point? What do you think of this album? I mean, I like it. It's pretty. Uh, I'm gonna go positive on it. Even though I think that it sounds sometimes like one long song, I'd never heard "Hazy Jane" too, and I, I, I think that's the hit, in my opinion. <laughs> if you like, if you like old Bell and Sebastian or any Shins, like you'll like "Hazy Jane" too on "Brighter Later." Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go positive with it. It's it's more of the same with Nick Drake, but with more sort of pop sensibilities, so it's a little more approachable than Five Leaves. Um, so yeah, I like it. I love this album. Um, yeah, certainly positive. Um, I'm not, I mean, you have to be in a certain slightly sentimental mood, I think, to really get into it, or like a, by a campfire, as Adam said. I, I listen to Pink Moon more, and I'm glad we get to talk about that one coming up. But uh, but this is still um, just great through and through. Yeah, I'm positive on it as well. It feels a bit... We're listening to Fly right now, and it feels very much like a Nico uh, uh, song. So, yeah, you do have to kind of be in that a certain mood of, of like autumn or campfire or whatever you want to want to say but wistful uh, yeah but yeah i think it's i think it's good enough there are a couple things like brighter actually the the song brighter later i was a little like eh. is that the one we just listened to yeah it sounds like a 70s theme yeah song it's or just like a little yeah it's that doesn't need a great plotting like yeah. instrumental that's just the most doesn't work dated but i feel like soft side too it's yeah. like an instrumental introduction to side two. Yeah, right? I, but I feel yeah. like, I like there's the, enough on here for me to. I like the side eight. Yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. I, I give it a positive. Um, even though it's not right up my alley, I think the production is. I think it's like dated in a way that's kind of fun, and it's like, I, I th- it sounds good. It's an interesting idea. It's well delivered. He's he's polished his sound, um, and I. I think it just ends up being memorable um, in the sense of the. If somebody said, like, sing me a Nick Drake song, and, like, I could come up with a parody. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's got. I just. Sing me a Nick, Nick Drake song. <laughs> <laughs> the wind will floating in the river. That's pretty good, yeah. Something about the river. Yeah, just like. It's just. He's got. He knows what he is. And. For better or worse, uh, it's distinctive, uh, and and I think it's pleasant enough that uh, I can see applications for you know when you'd want to put it on, and yeah. and I've been in those applications. So. Yeah. Hi, Rob. Oh, hey. <laughs> um, just want to point out, it's spring. It's not autumn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sitting around a campfire. I don't like the oh, fucking shins. <laughs> I don't like Bill and Sebastian. And I don't fucking like Nick Drake. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So. Neutral, I oh. guess. Uh, you don't have to give it neutral. Oh, I mean, it's not like you. I, I can see why people this. like it. I just don't like it. It's that's not for fair. me. That's fair. Yeah. We're only asking you. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you come over and put this on while I'm having a bonfire, I'm going to ask you politely to leave. Soon. No, <laughs> but, I mean, that, that's but important. It's in autumn. 
being no. able to disagree, <laughs> discern <laughs> something that you don't like personally, but also see that how some people sure, yeah, like no, it, 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 it has value, just not to me. Sure. No, you know, great. I will say, sorry, it's very mature approach. Pyrite, the the pyrite of listening, I guess. It's it's uh, it's a pretty rock, I guess. Fools. A name we didn't mention <laughs> that I would Fool say <laughs> is also worth mentioning is, and an artist I do not care for it would be like Jack Johnson. Mm. And I, don't know what I think, that is. oh, you're very fortunate. Uh, <laughs> Jack Johnson is the worst possible version of this. Oh, and it's uh, like surfer puka it's shell, like, sort of. Yeah, it's like exactly. It's it is. The, he's the human embodiment of a puka shell <laughs> on a white man's neck. Yeah. Uh, um, that same sort of like husky, raspy voice, but and but like not. It's just like somehow even more sing songy and with no discernible skill. Um, it's, it's, I, I was but, in college in LA in the early 2000s. And I just think there's like a lot of that nonsense. This as, as if you're gonna talk about like light, like whatever you call it, like what, adult contemporary is what I would probably call Nick Drake. Honestly, yeah. Um, if you're gonna talk about adult contemporary, this is so much better than so much of it. And I just think like when I actually think about a similar artist. He's heads above, you know. Nick Drake is heads I above, hate like the a Jack Johnson. Adult contemporary. I know it's bad, <laughs> but it's it is. What you prefer contemporary contemporary cash god. That I like when the crawling. I like when the violent femmes are described as adult contemporary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. All right, next time we'll be talking about Ananda Shankar self-titled album. All right, thanks, y'all. Please, give me second grace Please, give me a second face I've fallen far down The first time around Now I just sit on the ground in your way